Okay, good morning everyone. Baruch Hashem, Shechiyonu's Manazeh, that we are starting a new Masechta in the Kenyan Masechta Chabura. I just pressed record. Anybody who wants to be able to access the recordings, um, I do send them out onto the WhatsApp group, which will hopefully build a little bit bigger right now. Uh, and the, the app that I use automatically uploads it to all places you can find podcasts. So it's on uh, Apple, Spotify, all those other places that they list off that I'm not familiar with all of them. But if you want to be able to access them there, you can access them. Uh, anyone who's not learned Kenyit Masechta before, uh, it's definitely a very unique approach to learning. I shouldn't say unique because it's pretty basic. That's one of the best ways to learn is just a tremendous amount of chazara to get it as clear as possible. But uh, often we're used to other types of learning, whether it's dafyomi learning or faster types of learning, which obviously each has their own value. But the point over here is uh, <coughs> not to be thinking about the seam per se. A seam is just a landmark that you're trying to get to to feel accomplished in your Torah learning. Here, the seaman we'll be making is, you know, every blot or so, in terms of the kinyan that you make on that particular blot, it gives you a tremendous amount of seabook. And uh, the format that we're going to be doing, uh, those who are new to this, is that we're going to learn new material, but starting tomorrow already, <coughs> we start every single day with Chazar the previous day, everything we learned the previous day. We do not read Taisos or Rashi inside. I do my best to integrate it into the reading, but we go slow, we get it as clear as possible. And then that particular day, if you have a little bit of time before Shachas, right after the Shir, you try to do another Chazara. Some point throughout the day, you're supposed to do another Chazara. Every single weekend, you're supposed to do another Chazara. And then occasionally, depending on how long the parak is, we stop and we do a full Chazara, everything we did until then. And at the end of the parak, we do another Chazara as well. And just the point is Chazara, Chazara, Chazara. That is the theme of Kenyan Masechta until you have it with absolute clarity. And uh, people who were part of the uh, Kenyan Masechta through Masechta Sukkah can testify that sometimes we were on like the eighth Chazara and we figured out something new we didn't realize before. We realized only after eight times that I'm saying we, but it was really me. Learn something wrong the first seven times. The point being is that's the way things work, because that's the idea of Chazar, is to get the nuances and get every last detail and the beauty of the Masechetim. So just a 20-second introduction to Masechetim Moikotin. Uh, the primary bulk of the beginning part of Masechetim Moikotin is Halacha Zacholamoid. A fascinating area of Halacha. A very little known area of halacha. People have a tremendous amount of confusion. It's uh, one of the most common times I get shilas because people simply do not fully understand. And the way it was taught to me, which is the most basic way to understand it, that it's more moed than chol. It's more moed than chol. It's called chol hamoed. It's the more chol within the moed, but it's a moed far more than any other day throughout the year. And for all intents and purposes, and we're going to get into all these details right now, um, chol hamoed has all the halachas of a regular yantiv. Whatever halachas apply to Yantiv, you could assume by default all the halachas of Cholomoid apply to Cholomoid. Every single halacha of Yantiv applies to Cholomoid, unless you have an exception to the rule. Unless there's a reason why it's going to be different, you could assume all the halachas are the same. And that's the reason why you just don't even think about it. Writing, you're not supposed to be writing a Cholomoid. There are ways you can write, and there are times you can write. But the default is everything that applies to Yantiv applies to Cholomoid as well, unless there's reasons to be makled to allow it to be done. And in the very first Mishnah, we're going to start getting into some of the kulas that are available. Uh, it's an interesting sugya, Maseches Chagiga, to understanding what are the dynamics of Cholomoid. Is it Isidur Reis to do Malacha? Is it Isidur Ban to do Malacha? At least according to the simple understanding of the Gemara and Chagiga, and Rashi over there, is that it's one of the most unique things that I don't remember anywhere else in the entire Torah works this way. There's an Isidur Reis to do Malach and Cholamoid, but the Gedarim, the parameters of what's included, what's not included, is the, is the rabbi's choice, which is like a fascinating combination that Hashem gave it over to the rabbis to choose, saying, there's something called Cholamoid, you can't do Malach and Cholamoid, what are the parameters? The rabbis will tell you. 
And that's why it's like an interesting combination. But the Gemara is very clear over there. The Chalmoid is less than Yantiv, but it's far more than a weekday. And that's the combination of factors we have to keep in mind as we're going through the Masechta. But that's the default. And again, uh, we'll hopefully get this as clear as possible. And uh, at a certain point, it'll definitely be worthwhile. It's very nice in this very city we have... Uh, to the biggest international experts on Lachas HaChalmoid, Rabbi Zuck and Rabbi Francis, who wrote the textbook, so to speak, on Lachas HaChalmoid, that perhaps at a certain point we'll be able to get them in here to give Chaburahs and Shiurim to discuss these particular Halachas. We're in Cholamoid now. Ah, well said. According to the Ramban, right now we're in the middle of Cholamoid. The Cholamoid between Pesach and Shavuos is, uh, is happening right now, but the Halachas of uh, not doing Malacha, I don't think anyone says applies right now. Okay, <clears throat> here we go. We'll probably even just get uh, through the Mishnah today, if even the entire Mishnah. So the very first words, mashkin, mashkin beis hashlachim b'moid. Moid over here is not a reference to the yantiv itself, it's a reference to cholamoid, the word moid over here. Mashkin beis hashlachim b'moid. So beis hashlachim is a certain type of field. Uh, there's different types of fields. Rashi describes beis hashlachim as a type of field that needs to be irrigated. It will not get watered on its own unless you get involved in the irrigation process. There are other types of fields, uh, Beis Abal, etc., that there's a, they are in an area that with all the rainfall, or maybe they're in a valley or other areas where they naturally get a lot of water or they're next to a stream, where you're able to irrigate them on their own. A Beis HaShlachin is a type of field, like Rashi says, on top of a mountain, for example, where if you don't get involved in the process, it's not going to stay watered. And the key over here is that we're learning already leniency number one when it comes to Hilchos Cholamoid is an idea you might have heard about before called Dover HaAvid. Dover HaAvid means something that will be lost. A loss of money, a loss to your property is the very first leniency in the Halachas of Cholamoid. So therefore, even though the Halachas should be, you should not be able to water your field in Cholamoid. If you have a field that if you do not water it, the field itself is going to get ruined, you're allowed to water your field in Cholamoid. It's as simple as that. So, mashkin beis hashlach moed, that even though the default should have been, you can't water your field in Cholamoid. We're being told, mashkin beis hashlach moed, you're allowed to water your beis hashlach. And again, beis hashlach is the type of field that will not get watered on its own on the moed and Cholamoid. Yes? Is this a field for produce? Or like just, like... No, yeah, no, for produce. Again, there's some gain over here. If it's just an, a beautiful field to look at, again, if you're someone who charges like a botanical garden, then perhaps. But it has to be a loss of finances if you don't, uh, if you don't do it. So, just Maybe, maybe it's depreciation of property value, but again, if it's just to be a nice grassy field, you know, there's not that much value back then to those fields anyway. Is that an automatic sprinkler system set up? Is that like... So again, we could certainly say that's the nicest thing in the world to do, but uh, I mean, I guess you do sometimes walk by these fields they have out there, the cornfields where they have these machines that are going automatically up and down. And so if you can set up some sort of automatic system, it could be okay. Even, even nowadays for us on Shabbos, it's a big discussion if it's okay to set up a sprinkler system to go and turn on a Shabbos on its own, which could be fine. But again, in times of Chazal, for sure, there was no such thing. So you're doing it yourself. We get into, should you hire a goy, should you not hire a goy? These are all details and nuances we get into. But the default is, normally you cannot water a field. You can water a Beis HaShlach and Ankhal because otherwise it will be completely lost. The second case is Uva Shvis. You could also do it during a Shemitah year. And there's going to be sometimes there's an overlap of Hilchah Shemitah and Chalamoid. It's going to kind of throw it in to Derech Agav that not only can you water a Beis HaShlach and a Chalamoid, but you could water it on a Shemitah year as well. The word Shvius is a Shemitah year. Bein mi ma'ayon she'yatza It does not matter if you're drawing the water from a wellspring. She'yatza betchila that just was opened up. Yatza betchila, like tchila, beginning. She'yatza betchila. Bein mi ma'ayon she'lo yatza betchila, whether it's a ma'ayon that was not just new. It's an older ma'ayon. And Rashi and the Mephorshim point out the Chiddush of this is, is that if it's brand new, sometimes the walls of this spring and the walls of the system that you set up to draw the water from the spring are not strong enough. 
and you might be put into a position where you have to actually do some sort of construction to strengthen it along the way. So Lamaisa, as long as what you're doing right now is that you're drawing the water from this wellspring, you're going to beat your feet into the ground and create some sort of waterway along the way. You're not building anything too intense, no major construction process to draw the water from the wellspring to get into your field, whether it's a brand new one or whether it's not a brand new one, it's allowed on Cholamoid. Again, if it does break and you want to start doing construction, we'll have to get into more details over here because we're going to be learning that on Cholamoid, even though you're allowed to do malacha for a davar or avid, a tercha yaseir, the word tercha means exertion. If you have to put in a tremendous amount of effort, it's going to be actually limited. You cannot put in major effort. You cannot do major malacha and cholamoid, but basic malacha, like drawing water from a wellspring and sending it out to your field, you're allowed to do onto cholamoid if the field is going to get ruined. So again, whether it's a wellspring that is brand new, whether it's a wellspring that is not brand new, you're allowed to do it on cholamoid. First word of the third line, aval, ein mashkin loy but you cannot water that same field from Megashamim, from rainwater. Now, again, Hashem provides rainwater. What rainwater means over here, if there's a pool of water that was created by the rain, but now you have to get buckets out and to draw it from that pool that you have next to your field to bring it out to your field. So you cannot use Megashamim. Velomi meha kilon. Kilon is another word for a well. You cannot do it from a well. Velomi meha kilon. Vein oisin ugios lagefanim. You also cannot do ugios lagefanim. Now, ugios lagefanim, I am not a farmer. Next year is a Shemitah year, actually, so we're going to be seeing a lot of farmer pictures over the next couple of years. Uh, you cannot do Ugios Legafanim. Ugios Legafanim is that there's a very common way they would water their vines, their vineyards, is by almost creating a circular ditch around the base where it's attached to the ground, where you kind of lift up some earth and make a ring in the ground itself, that whenever water does come in, it creates like a little pool at the bottom where the vine comes into the ground. That's called Ugios Legafanim, that's what it is. But the point being over here is that Opening up a wellspring is relatively little malacha to be able to water your field. But once you get into major projects, you cannot do major projects to water your field. And therefore, these three things cannot be done. Even though you're allowed to open up a mayon, you cannot use megashamim, you cannot draw water from a well, and you cannot make uglias agafanim. These three things are considered to be a tirchi yaseir, major exertion, and you're not allowed to do those things on cholamoid, even if there's going to be a financial loss. So... Don't get lost right now in all the halachas. We're not going to be paskin for a long time. So we're going to have to hold off a little bit. Let's just try to gather the information before we paskin because it could get confusing along the way. But that is the very first part of the Mishnah. As we are learning halacha, you're allowed to do a davra avon and but you cannot do a tircha yaseira for a davra avon and cholamoid. Rebbe ben Azariah says, Ein oisin es ha'ama b'tchila b'moid. This is an extension of what we just said, that you're not allowed to do tircha yaseira. You're not allowed to create an ama on Cholamoid. And Amma, which uh, is again, very Mchurishdika name, is a waterway that irrigates your fields that's one Amma deep and one Amma wide. They called it the Amma. The Amma is simply a waterway that you created to draw water from one place to the other place. They did not have sprinkler systems back then. Obviously, they don't want it to be running over with uh, hundreds of people with buckets from the uh, lake and from the rivers, etc. And therefore, they simply made these waterways that would be tributaries off the rivers and the lakes, etc., to get it into your fields. So whereas when you have the mayan, the mayan was something that was much more simple to do, that you just drew the water up and it kind of naturally flowed into your field. Some of the forces say you can even just make a little groove with your feet and let it go along that groove and get into your field. But building a, a, an ama, building an ama is a building project. It's a construction project. You cannot build an ama on Cholomite. So Rebbe Manazari adds, Ein ama You cannot make a new ama on Cholomite. <clears throat> and you cannot do an Ashmita either. You cannot do an Ashmita either. 
the Chachamim and the Chachamim come along and they argue in Rebbe Lazarus in some details, and they say, You are allowed to make a new Amma on Shemitah. And again, we're not going to get too much into the Lachas of Shemitah, but what the Chachamim are saying is, is that this detail that you cannot do extra exertion on Cholamoid, even for Adavra Avid, on Shemitah you could do extra exertion. That's not a problem. Whenever you're allowed to work on your field on Shemitah, which again is an area of Malacha we're not going to focus on too much, but when you can do Malacha for the sake of a field during Shemitah, you could even do extra exertion. But when it comes to Cholamoid, when it's major exertion, you cannot do that, and that's why the Chachamim agree that you cannot make a new Amma on Cholamoid, but they're only arguing the Shemitah part of it. However, they do add one little detail for Cholamoid, umesaknin esa mekulkalos b'moid. Mekulkal means to be broken. You're allowed to fix that which is broken, though, on Cholamoid. If you have a broken Amma, you're allowed to fix it. And over here, it's very clear that fixing it does not mean a construction project. Fixing means that just like when you have a chimney gets clogged with leaves, you just have to clear it out. Over here, you went ahead and you built yourself an Amma, which is a waterway that's a tributary to bring water to your field. If it's Makulkul, if it's broken, which means that mud and other debris get inside there, and you want to clear it out to allow the water to flow nicely, you're allowed to do that um, on Cholamoy. Okay. <clears throat> Before I even go weiter, we are now going to already do our first Chazara and just see if we get this clear, the very first half of the Mishnah. Um, the halachas of Davra Avod and Chalamoid, and some of the parameters of those halachas. Okay, Machin Beis Hashlachim B'Moid, you're allowed to water a field that needs irrigation on Chalamoid. Uva Shvius, and you could do it on Shemitah as well. Beimi Ma'ayon Shiyatza whether it's from a wellspring that's been made new. Beimi Ma'ayon Shaloyatza B'Tchila, whether it's a Ma'ayon that's old, that is not new. Aval Ein, but what you can't do is anything that's a major exertion is a Terchi Yisera. What's in that list? Aval Ein Mashkin Lomim You cannot water it from a pool of rainwater. You cannot water it from a well. You cannot create these circular ditches around the base of your vineyard. adds another one that's a Terchi Yisera. You cannot make a new Ama, which is the new uh, water system, the gutter system to bring water to the field. You cannot do it on Shemitah either. The Chama argue on Rebbe Lozman and they say, You could make a brand new Ama during a Shemitah year. But you cannot make, again, he agrees, you cannot make a new one on Cholamoid, but you could fix the broken ones, the ones that get clogged, you could fix those on Cholamoid. And that is leniency number one that we've been exposed to, is the leniency of Davra of it. Yes, Paul. Um, it's not an inherent connection. It just doesn't overlap of halachas. Okay. Yeah, it's not an inherent connection. Okay, so now we're going to be exposed to leniency number two of Cholamoid, and that is something called Tzorchei Rabbim. When there's a major need for the tzibor, for the community, there's certain leniencies that apply. Umesaknin es kilkule hamayim b'shibershus harabim. You're allowed to fix the kilkule hamayim. It's a little bit confusing because we have the word mekulkulos. The word mekulkulos means broken. Kilkule is a noun. Kilkule is actually a cistern. Is a, uh, they, again, we, Baruch Hashem, are zaychet to running water in our homes, we're zaychet to get uh, ice mountain, whatever companies we have bringing us uh, spring water. But back then, uh, the water system they had was they had cisterns that were built, these cisterns were in the community, and they would carry the water for the community. So now, let's say you had an issue with your cistern, which is obviously impacting the water supply of the entire community. Are you allowed to do anything to fix that? You're allowed to fix the cisterns. Kulkuli is the cisterns of water. that are in the public domain. Even though it's a Tircha Yisera. The halachas of Tzorche Rabbim are allowed even when there's a Tircha Yisera. Even if it's a major construction project, but people need water. It's a communal need. When there's a communal need, there's major overrides that are put into place. So you're allowed to fix the Kulkuli Amayim, even though it is Cholomboid. 
oso, and you're also allowed to uh, dig them out, which again here means they literally are much more broken and they have debris and rocks and stones inside of them to jump in and to do a major project to clear it all out. Even if it's a terche you're allowed to be chotet it. You're allowed to dig it out on chol hamoid. So you can be mesakin them and you can be chotet them on chol hamoid. What else can you do with Sarchei Rabbim? You're allowed to be Masakin the Drachim, which means you're allowed to fix the roads of Esarachovos and the alleys. A little bit of a discussion amongst the Rishonim. What's the difference between a Derech and a Rechoiv? We kind of just say, you know, streets and streets, ways and ways, sidewalks and ways. What are they exactly? So one of the Mahalchim that I saw is that a Derech is the actual street and a Rechoiv is an alleyway. But the point being is that those are normal ways of traffic that they had. Uh, anyone who learned Erevin in uh, Daf Yomi, we actually covered Erevin a lot in Sukkah as well, is that the way the average city was built is that you have the major streets, but then you have the alleys off the major streets, which led to the entrances into your courtyard, which led to the entrance inside your house. So it was actually a major part of a community is to have uh, clear and functional street systems and alley systems as well. So if there's issues with the streets and with the alleys, Allah is, you can sack in those, even at Cholomoy itself. So again, it's, it's just, this is where the confusion probably came in over the last 2,000 years. I started off today's year saying, it's all Allah's of Yantiv, and now we're talking about fixing roads and fixing cisterns and watering fields, etc. And again, we ourselves get into our cars and go into Cholomoy trips and turn on the lights and do all our cooking. So in a way, it feels very not Yantivy. But if you actually stop and think about it, the default is really all the halachas apply, unless the leniency just happens to be there are a lot of leniencies that could apply, but if the leniency does not apply, you have to kind of remember for yourself that there are many, many things that one cannot do um, on chol hamoed. So over here, we're masaking the drachim and the rechavos. The es mikvoy samayim, be allowed to fix the mikvoyis, as well as sorche rabin. Then it ends up with a very general statement, which again, um, I did not look ahead, but my assumption is, based on our journeys through Shas, that anytime you have a long list, then it ends up with like a catchphrase of, and, and everything else that falls in this category, they're more going to discuss what did you have in mind to include in that list. But again, in all Tzorchei Rabbim, anything that's a need for the community, you're allowed to do that Melach on Chalamoid, even if it is a Terchei Yitzayra. And then finally, Umetzainin Es HaKvaros, you're allowed to mark the Kvarim, uh, it was a very common thing they did at the beginning of the spring season, is they would mark the kfarim for the sake of the kohanim, but not just for the sake of the kohanim, uh, also for the sake of those who are doing a liyah regal. Anyone who's doing a liyah regal, they're trying so hard to make sure they're going to be tar when they get to the base of Migdash, and uh, out there in the fields, there's often base of kfars you don't even know about, and there are people that knew where they are, they know the locations. Um, I always think about uh, the trip I was there to go on. I've told many stories before with uh, my good friend Svi Kramer from the Breslov Institute, and he knows all the Tanaim and Amaraim that are buried in the middle of Arab villages in Eretz Yisrael, and he would just bring me there and not tell me the communities I was going through to get there. But again, you have people that know where all these are dotting the landscape in Eretz Yisrael, so those experts would go out and to mark those and if they had to do it on Cholomoy, they could mark those on Cholomoy as well. It wasn't just like using a marker like they have in Svas, like the blue-colored uh, ones of the Tzadikim. It was actually, they would put like limestone and like a certain color, uh, like, um, what's what I'm looking for? Yeah, materials, basically, that would actually cover the entire area so people would know uh, where those kfarim, you know, really, really are. You know, in, in, in Europe, I know that there's many Kohanim that don't even go. They're just so afraid of like where the kfarim are. Unfortunately, the streets of Europe are... Uh, also, unfortunately, full of kvarim. So again, in Eretz Yisrael, for those doing the regular, you have people literally traveling over the entire country, over all the fields, they would mark the kvarim. And then finally, 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 under the mission of a yoytzin af which is a halacha, which is not actually a malacha. But it's just pointing out that it happens to be that in a they would send out the messengers to warn everyone about kvarim. 
uh, Klayim is uh, Klay HaKerem and Klay HaSada, which is forbidden mixtures in a field, just like there's a concept of Shatnez, you cannot put will and them together. We'll go over some of the Lachas a little bit later, but there are certain forbidden combinations you're not allowed to have in a field, and they would actually have police. Literally, they would have police going out to the field, seeing where people planting their fields in a way that were unacceptable, and a lot of interesting uh, stories would happen with people trying to hide the evidence, and not hide the evidence, how they would deal with the evidence, etc., which again, our details we're going to get into a little bit later, but it is pointing out that Agav, these shluchim, these police that would go out to the fields, they would go out on Cholamoid. So I'm going to chazer the second half of the Mishnah, and then the way ideally it should be is uh, you spend the last few minutes redoubling the next minion that's good if you have a little more time to do it on your own, to actually do your own chazara, or to pair up with Chavrusa now or later to do a chazara. Um, if uh, we're up to it, we tried it a few times and lasted a little bit, didn't last long enough, is to actually have a, uh, a buddy challenge system on the WhatsApp group and actually uh, mark in if you actually did today's chazara or not, to create a little bit of positive... Uh, um, you know, encouragement towards each other and uh, competition to make sure that you do it. So I'll definitely try to add everyone to the WhatsApp group if you're comfortable that I do that. And uh, Bez Hashem will be able to do our Chazara throughout today. So just again, read the second half of the Mishnah. The first half of the Mishnah, very simply put, is Halachas Davra Ovid. And the second half of the Mishnah is Halachas of Tzar Rabin. So the second half of the Mishnah starts off, Umesakin uh, is Kilkule Amayim. So it's just a rabbin, you're allowed to fix the water cisterns, which is a rabbin, so you can clear them out. You're allowed to fix the streets and the alleys. You're allowed to fix the mikvos. And then finally, you can mark the kvarim for those who are doing the regal, for the kohanim, and a separate halacha altogether is that they send out the messengers to warn people about the climb to avoid having climb in their fields, and also to punish them if they do, and to make sure they don't benefit from the climb that they planted in their fields. Excellent day one, thank you for joining. And uh, there are a couple of others I think that we're supposed to join as well, so hopefully we'll be able to increase this. And like every shear in the world, I know that sometimes uh, there's a loss of members, but I give us a bracha that we're, we're not in that category. We defy Teva, and everyone's able to join uh, throughout for as long as possible.